Hi there, When in Spain listeners. Paul Burge here um, with another episode of, well, what else? When in Spain. A warm welcome to episode number 22. It's been a while, hasn't it? Long time no speak. Been a couple of weeks. Um, yeah, sorry I haven't been able to bring you an episode sooner, but I've just been really snowed under with work commitments, uh, traveling around a bit, uh, had uh, a wedding uh, in Malaga couple of weekends ago which took a bit of uh, pretty full-on Spanish big Spanish wedding took a couple of days to recover from but anyway we're back now with episode number 22 this episode is uh, the follow-up episode to the episode a couple of weeks ago do you remember I did an episode on the AVE about high-speed train travel in Spain well this episode is related to that it's part two of public transport in Spain and I think I might do a part three at some point in the future as well um, because there's just so much information uh, to include about this and I think it's really useful information uh, as well but there's so much to include that I'm going to have to break it down I think into three episodes. So in this episode we're going to look in a bit more detail at train travel, uh, not the high speed trains but uh, just normal trains. Uh, we're going to look at buses, using buses to get across the country whether they're regional buses or uh, national bus routes. I'm going to talk a bit about metro systems in Madrid, Barcelona, Valencia, Malaga and Seville. And then at the end of the podcast, I'm going to look at air travel in Spain, uh, catching planes, internal flights, uh, of which there are many, many. It's actually uh, a very efficient and fairly cheap way to get around Spain compared to maybe the AVE, the high speed train. So I'll talk about flying as well. Incidentally, if you haven't heard the episode about high-speed train travel in Spain, when I take us on board the AVE train uh, from Madrid to Barcelona, you can check back and listen to that. That is episode number 20. So let's have a look back at train travel. Uh, Renfe, the uh, name of the national uh, railway network, uh, Red Nacional de los Ferrocarriles Españoles. It's a bit of a mouthful, uh, but commonly referred to as Renfe. R-E-N-F-E. It's the national train operator, runs most train services in Spain. However, in some cases, uh, there are routes that might be covered by a different brand of train, um, although it is still operated by Renfe. Uh, in those cases, if you're uh, booking online, you might need to go specifically to uh, that brand of trains website to see things like timetables. Many cities in Spain uh, have what are called cercanías, which are also run by Renfe. Uh, these are kind of suburban light rail networks that most big cities have that connect outlying suburbs, smaller towns uh, dotted around cities. Uh, in northern Spain, uh, you have FEVE, F-E-V-E, FEVE, which operates a narrow gauge railway network, uh, very slow, chugging along through the hills and mountains of northern Spain, particularly in the regions of Galicia and Asturias. Picture yourself chugging through the mountains and hillsides. The services are very slow because they uh, stop at every station, but very, very beautiful scenery. Um, so this is another Renfe company, but it has to be booked directly with the Feve site. 
There's also a train service called Transcantabrico, uh, which is a luxury tourist train which runs from Bilbao to León and then on to Santiago de Compostela, the final stop for the people uh, making the pilgrimage or the, the long walk uh, called El Camino de Santiago de Compostela. Um, that is on the west extremities of Spain up in um, Galicia. And then there's another train network called Eusco Tren, which is a local train network that connects Bilbao to San Sebastián up in the north, as well as from Bilbao to a place called Bermeo, and then on to San Sebastián, and then on to a place called Onday, which is right on the French border. So it operates in the Basque country. It's a local railway network there and it connects a lot of other smaller towns in the area. So if you're thinking of train travel up in the Basque country, check out the Eusco Tren network. Eusco Tren is E-U-S-K-O-T-R-E-N. Uh, I just mentioned Galicia. Uh, travel within Galicia is probably best uh, done using trains. It's very cheap. Uh, there's a fast service from A Coruña to Santiago de Compostela uh, and then on to Pontevedra and down to Vigo, all up in the northwest of Spain. Uh, this is uh, operated by FEVE, again, F-E-V-E, which is a narrow gauge railway. It starts in Ferrol on the north coast of Galicia and it ends in the city of Oviedo. Uh, it's a really nice train route. It follows the coast and great, gives fantastic views of uh, the sea and the famous Rias, Rias Baixas, which are the huge craggy inlets on the coast, which are very famous in Galicia. They're called the Rias Baixas and they're also the Rias Altas. And as I say, they are big, craggy uh, inlets uh, with really dramatic cliffs and beaches. So a really beautiful part of Spain to see by train. So that's a little roundup of trains. As I say, Renfe is the main train operator. So if you're looking to make a trip by train in Spain between any of the large cities, head over to the Renfe uh, website, R-E-N-F-E, Renfe, and you can uh, book your tickets through the website and you can print them or have or download them as well. There's a, a reasonably good Renfe mobile phone app which you can use again to purchase your tickets and download the ticket onto your phone. I do personally find the Renfe website a bit clunky. It's not great. Uh, there is an option to select English language, but what I usually do when I when I make train bookings is use a website called trenes.com trenes.com so it's t-r-e-n-e-s dot com uh, I just find it easier to use it seems more user friendly uh, that will give you all of the options on there if you select your departure city and your destination uh, it will give you the best options in terms of prices you can filter by price time and uh, you'll also be able to book high-speed AVE trains on there. Uh, you can use the Renfe and Trenes website to book local regional trains. So if you just want to make a short trip uh, inside a particular region of Spain, for example, um, Andalusia, you wanted to travel from, I don't know, uh, Seville to Malaga or something like that, uh, you can make the booking through Renfe or trenes.com there. Or if you wanted to make a long distance train journey, uh, you could do the same. So if you wanted to travel, I don't know, from Malaga to Madrid or from Madrid to Barcelona or anything like that, uh, you can book all of those tickets uh, through the Renfe website.
So let's look at bus travel. I haven't traveled a huge amount by bus in Spain, if I'm honest. I have made a few trips using long distance buses and my experience was fairly positive. The buses always seem to have been punctual, clean, uh, fairly comfortable uh, considering it's a bus um, with various services on board like uh, Wi-Fi, um, headphones, TVs, that kind of thing. So they quite often play films or TV programs, a bit like being on a plane, I suppose, as well. Uh, fairly comfortable. The uh, biggest and most used bus operator in Spain is called Alsa, A-L-S-A. And um, it's highly likely that any bus booking or bus trip you're going to make, which is medium or long distance, will be operated by Alsa. And it serves uh, pretty much all of the major cities across Spain. Uh, it's a long-standing bus company. It was founded apparently in 1889, I suppose, back when they used horses and cars. But over the past uh, 10 years or so, I read that many of the uh, smaller Spanish bus companies have been swallowed up and bought out by Alsa. So, I mean, that simplifies the booking process. Uh, you simply head to the Alsa uh, website, ALSA, and uh, make your booking and download your tickets there. That's how I've always done it. If it's not run by Alsa, there is another uh, fairly large bus company called Avantha. Uh, A-V-A-N-Z-A, -A Avantha. And uh, for Avantha buses, you'll have to use the Avantha website. Uh, and they have a few uh, affiliated brands as well, such as a bus service called Portillo, which operates on the Costa del Sol. Uh, Alsa also runs uh, regional bus services. Um, uh, as I said, there are long distance services connecting all of Spain's major cities. But then within each region, uh, there are uh, quite a few uh, regional Alsa services in Andalusia, in Valencia, Catalonia, Murcia, uh, Castilla y León, Cantabria, Asturias and a few others. Price-wise, obviously it's much cheaper than using the train. Uh, as I said in the episode 20 when I was talking about the AVE, depending how far in advance you book, uh, depending really uh, down to luck of what time you have to travel, whether they've got any special promotions or sales on, um, uh, you can get some really good bargains on the train, uh, especially on the AVE. So sometimes the AVE, if you're lucky, is only marginally more than maybe a bus. Um, but in general, bus travel, uh, obviously, like in most countries, is the cheapest way to get around the country. Uh, I just had a look at a return ticket uh, from Madrid to Barcelona, uh, traveling over a weekend and the return ticket depending on the departure time was between 30 and 40 euros so very cheap but you know a very long journey uh, you're looking at something between six to eight hours I believe uh, traveling from Madrid to Barcelona uh, whereas on the Ave you're looking at two uh, two and a half to three hours but of course it's a lot more expensive. Alsa a bit like airlines and the Ave train offer several classes of travel with varying benefits which will be obvious when you'll make your booking on the internet. They offer sort of a premium service with uh, extra luggage, um, some food, uh, entertainment uh, 
screens which they give you with uh, movies and music and games and free Wi-Fi and all of these kinds of things. Some of them offer uh, special assistance for children and the elderly and the disabled, baby seats, pets, a door-to-door pickup service. I mean, a bit of everything, really, if you're prepared to pay, to pay the premium Metro systems. Uh, I would say that in my experience, uh, Spain has some of the best metro systems I've ever used compared to, uh, say, the United Kingdom, London, uh, uh, America, the the, uh, horrible New York metro, uh, Rome, pretty grim, uh, difficult to use, not clean. Uh, In my opinion, I'd say uh, Madrid, Barcelona, and also some of the smaller cities, Valencia, uh, for example, have some of the best metro systems I've ever used in the world. Uh, really clean, modern, efficient and really affordable as well. So if you're coming to uh, visit or indeed live in any of the major cities in Spain, it's it's highly likely that you're going to use the metro at some point. Um, so let's start with the Madrid metro. Madrid metro is the oldest in Spain. Um, in fact, next year I think it uh, celebrates its 100th anniversary It's the largest metro network, 13 lines and 300 stations uh, covering, yeah, pretty much the whole city. Uh, Operates from 6am until 1.30am. Yeah, heavily used. Three million people every day use Madrid's metro. Um, And the frequency of trains is pretty good. Uh, Peak times usually about every two minutes and then off peak, uh, particularly late uh, and on uh, Sundays, sort of between seven or eight minutes to every 15 minutes after midnight. Uh, Really, really good service. Um, I'm not a big fan of using metro systems. I'd rather be above ground. But if you have to, Madrid's metro is really, really, really good and easy, easy to use. They recently got rid of paper tickets on the Madrid underground. So whether you're visiting as a tourist or whether you're uh, coming to live here. Either way, what you will have to do, at least initially, is pay, I think, €2.50 to buy a plastic rechargeable card. And you can load various different types of tickets onto this uh, smart card. And you can buy the plastic card from uh, most machines, actually, on the metro system. It will be obvious it will say Tarjeta Multi Disponible Aquí. So it's called a Tarjeta Multi, a multi-card. And it will say Disponible Aquí. And you'll have a sort of red logo so it will say it will be obvious that you can buy the ticket from the machine they're also available from estancos estancos is a tobacco shop so you can buy them there as well uh actually having said that if you are buying a tourist pass so you can buy a uh, one two three or five or seven day tourist pass they waive the two euro fifty fee um, i'll talk about the tourist pass uh, in a bit more detail in a second uh, the other type of ticket you can top up with is a 10 ride ticket. So 10 single journeys and you can load that onto your uh, card. Let's go back to the tourist ticket first. It's also known as the tourist travel pass. Uh, it can be used on all types of public uh, transport uh, within Madrid. And it allows you to make unlimited uh, journeys 
uh, within your chosen time frame. And you can buy it for uh, Zone A, which covers most of the centre of Madrid that you're going to want to travel around if you're just seeing the normal touristic sites. Or there's uh, Zone T as well, which covers some of the outlying towns. So if you wanted to go and see uh, El Escorial Palace, for example, my advice would be really, if you're coming to Madrid for the first time to visit, you're probably just best buying the Zone A pass. Uh, obviously depending on how long you're going to be here for. Uh, the prices uh, for a one-day pass, unlimited travel, is €8.40 for Zone A. And for the outlying uh, towns, uh, Zone T, €17. Euros. For a two-day pass is €14.20. And for the Zone T is €28.40. For three days, you're going to pay eighteen forty. And for the Zone T, 3540. Uh, for five day pass, unlimited travel, you're going to pay 26 euros 80 and around 50 euros for the Zone T. And for a whole week, uh, unlimited travel for seven days for Zone A, 35 euros 40 and 70 euros 80 for Zone T. I'm re I really wouldn't recommend bothering with the Zone T. So I'd think your best bet is to get the Zone A tourist pass um, if you're looking to use the Metro a lot. Having said that, if you're here for a week, I don't know if you're going to need to use the Metro every single day. So I would sort of plan plan it a bit. Uh, if you're visiting uh, most of the famous tourist sites in the centre of Madrid, uh, to be honest with you, I wouldn't even recommend using the metro uh, most of the famous sites are really walkable in the center of madrid everything is really within a, probably a half hour 45 minute walk maximum only if you really wanted to explore some of the less central neighborhoods which are certainly worth uh, worthwhile or if you're staying uh, further out of town if your hotel is uh, further out of the center then yes it might be worthwhile investing in a uh, in, in a tourist pass uh, having said that, you can buy single tickets. So you could buy the €2.50 rechargeable card and then just buy single tickets, pay as you go. Uh, a single ticket is one between one fifty and €2. Euros. Uh, when you go to top up, it will tell you you select the stations that you want to travel between and it will uh, give you a price. I say the cheapest uh, within zone one is 150, and I think uh, after five stops or more from your uh, from your location, it goes up to two euros for a single ticket. Fairly cheap, really. 150 to two euros for a single journey. Uh, I mentioned the 10 trip ticket. Also works out pretty good value. It's not. 10 return journeys it's 10 single journeys in any direction and that works out at 12 euros 20 for 10 uh, tickets 10 journeys and that can be used on the metro within zone a and it can also be used on buses as well uh, traveling from the airport in Madrid, if you're coming from Barajas Airport into the center, they do charge a supplement. The supplement is an airport fee of four euros fifty. That is just to exit the airport or enter the airport from the metro system plus the normal fare. That may be reduced to three euros, I think, if you're buying a tourist pass. But just be aware that there is a supplement uh, to access uh, enter or, or exit the airport on the metro system. 
For those of you who are thinking of staying in Madrid long term, whether you're coming to live here and you're planning on using the metro uh, fairly heavily, you can buy a 30-day pass, uh, which again is called an uh, abono. I would say this is really worth doing if you're going to be here for any length of time. What you do is you, uh, you have to make an appointment online at a website called uh, Tarjeta Transporte Publico dot crtm.es and you make an appointment uh, in to go in person to one of the main hub metro stations uh, one of them is in uh, Avenida de América for example another one is in uh, Sol and there are a couple of others as well and you book a, a an appointment in person you take your passport with you and you take a photocopy of your passport and i think you also have to take a passport uh photo uh, no, actually, no, you don't need to take a passport photo. You used to have to. Uh, now they take a photo of you uh, using a little digital camera that they have there. And I think you have to pay four euros and they uh, give you a plastic card with your photo printed on it. And this is a permanent pass. Now, this you can recharge. Uh, you are then eligible to recharge the card with various abonos now these are work out much cheaper obviously why because they are designed for people who actually live uh, and work in madrid really permanently so this card is designed for residents for people who 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 are uh, living here and it works out a lot cheaper as i understand it and from some listeners who have uh, recently done this process um, have assured me that you all you need is your passport a photocopy of your passport and four euros and you can obtain this pass um, when i first came to madrid it was different you had to have your nie number your identification card so initially you had to wait quite a few weeks or maybe even a month or more as i understand that's changed but maybe it's something to check um, but why is it worth getting one? Because you can get really good affordable tra- uh, travel and you can get a monthly pass. So, for example, with this uh, Abono, which is uh, has your photo printed on it, it's an official transport card for Madrid. Uh, for example, a month unlimited travel on all metro and buses for Zone A. And Zone A covers the majority, really does cover all of the centre of Madrid. Uh, it's going to cost you €54.60, Euros 60, which I think is pretty good value. That is unlimited travel for 30 days on all metro and buses. Uh, so obviously, if you're working in Madrid, uh, you're going to use the metro probably every day uh, to make a return journey. You may use it uh, for additional journeys uh, after work. And no doubt you'll probably use it at weekends for getting around the city uh, as well. It's really good value. 54 euros 60 for a one month, 30 day pass. Uh, which is just rechargeable every month. You recharge it, top it up uh, on the in the machines on the metro every 30 days. If you're travelling a bit further afield, it does uh, increase slightly. If you're travelling to uh, B1, zone B1, uh, it's €63.70 uh, um, for every 30 days. Uh, but I used to uh, use the B1 pass and that is really, really, really far outside uh, the extremities of the city. Um, I worked when I first came to Madrid in a, a small uh, town called Alcobendas. 
which was in zone B1. And it's really far out of the centre. So I would say it's unlikely that you're going to need a B1 pass, maybe. Um, but most people, I think, will use the zone A pass for 54 euros and 60. Uh, yeah, there is also a Hoven pass, which means young. And I think uh, that is available for people under the age of 25, 25 and under. Uh, you can get exactly the same uh, monthly pass for 20 euros. So really good value, 20 euros. And that covers all of the zones. That's for B1, B2, if you want to go to the furthest extremities possible. Um, a Hoven pass for 20 euros um, if you're under 25. Let's have a quick look at Barcelona Metro. Barcelona Metro operates in a very uh, similar way uh, in terms of tickets. You can get a they, they, they haven't introduced the uh, plastic uh, card yet. They still use paper tickets. Probably one of the best value uh, tickets you can get is the T, it's called a T10 ticket in Barcelona, which gives you 10 journeys for 9.95. You can get a tourist ticket, which costs €7.60 for a day of unlimited travel. Uh, for one person. Uh, so think about that. You'd have to make at least eight journeys in a single day to make the tourist ticket worth it. Um, so I think that's quite a lot, eight, eight, eight journeys in a day. You probably wouldn't make eight journeys in a day. Uh, so my advice in Barcelona, if you're there as a tourist, would probably be to get the, the T10 ticket instead because it gives you 10 journeys and they're valid for as long as you are there. They don't expire within within a day. Uh, the Metro in Barcelona, really clean, really modern, really easy to use. I really like it. Um, be aware that uh, signs and messages on the electronic boards uh, are will be in Catalan, uh, not in Spanish. Uh, Barcelona Metro is open until midnight uh, from Sunday to Thursday, and it's open until 2 a.m. on Friday and through the night on Saturday. Of course, there are single tickets available. Single tickets in Barcelona on the metro cost two euros. They won't be valid for the airport uh, either. Again, the T10 uh, 10 journey ticket for 9.95 works out better uh, with each uh, journey working out at 99 cents, so half the price. There are one, two, three, four and five day tickets available as well. They range from seven euros and 60 for a one day pass up to 32 euros for a five day pass with which gives you unlimited travel. If you're living in Barcelona, yeah, it's probably worthwhile. If you're there as a tourist, I, I wouldn't really recommend this. I just always go with a T10 ticket. Uh, are you really going to need a uh, all of that metro travel every single day, um, I doubt it. You're probably only going to make maybe, I don't know, four metro journeys a day, I would say, uh, if you're there uh, just as a tourist. Again, Barcelona is a very walkable city. So let's head south down into Andalusia and let's have a look at Malaga, Malaga Metro. Well, that opened in, is, is one of the newest in Spain. It opened in 2014 and it has only two lines connecting the main points in the, in the city. Uh, it has 17 stations and the two metro lines in Malaga sort of radiate outwards from a station called El Perchel, which is in the centre of Malaga. And they radiate outwards uh, along the western coastal neighbourhoods and uh, inwards towards the uh, western uh, neighbourhoods, which are inland from Malaga as well. There is a billete ocasional 
and that can be loaded with nine journeys um, and it allows uh, several passengers to travel on the same card as long as they're all traveling together. There is a, a card called Tarjeta Monedero de Metro de Malaga and this is the plastic rechargeable pass. So this, this can be loaded up with 20 euros at a time and uh, when you travel using this card your journeys work out cheaper. So a normal billete Occasional, a journey works out at €1.35. If you use the rechargeable uh, tarjeta monedero, which means uh, wallet, monedero means wallet, a wallet card, uh, the journey works out at only €0.82. So it does work out cheaper to to use the plastic rechargeable card, as it does in most cases. Just a note about the, the metro in Malaga. Again, if you're there as a tourist, I really don't think you're going to need to use the metro. However, one uh, thing that is useful as a tourist when visiting Malaga, and as I mentioned earlier, most large cities have this in Spain, is the Cercanías light rail network. Now, the, the Cercanías in Malaga is really useful for a couple of reasons. It's particularly useful for travelling to and from the airport, and it's also really useful if you want to uh, get out of Malaga uh, for a day. It connects with many of the seaside resorts uh, west of Malaga. So there are two lines, two Cercanías lines in Malaga. One is the C1 and one is the C2. Uh, the C2 heads uh, inland and you're probably not going to need to use that. But the C1 line is the useful line. The C1 line connects up with the airport and then it spans the coast all the way uh, as far as um, a town called Ferengerola. Ferengerola is quite a touristy beach resort. It's not a bad city. Um, it's quite nice, uh, but it's very touristy in the summer. Uh, it's got some quite nice beaches, although it gets a bit crowded. And there are also other stops along the coast as well for the infamous Torre Molinos, which got quite a bad reputation, I think, in the sort of 70s and 80s for being, uh, I don't know, one of the worst um, examples of overdevelopment and uh, super touristy, uh, lots of high-rise concrete blocks, this kind of thing. I think uh, they've done a lot to uh, change that now. I've heard that Torre Molinos is not as bad as it used to be in in that respect of being over-touristy. And it also stops at uh, another well-known tourist uh, beach resort called Benalmadina. Benalmadina. So it's the C1 line is really useful and it's very affordable. To Frangirola, I made this trip last summer, I think, all the way from Malaga to Frangirola, which is at the end of the Cercanias line, uh, costs something like €4.60. Euros from the airport, it's a couple of euros on, I think it's €2.50. It's the best way to get, I would say, the best way to get to the centre of Malaga from the airport is to use the line C1 on the Cercanias. Uh, let's have a look at uh, Valencia then. Valencia is a big city, really, uh, third biggest city in Spain. So I would say if you're there as a tourist, yes, you may use the Valencia uh, metro system. Um, but again, like most Spanish big cities, all of the nice uh, sites and touristic sites which are worth visiting uh, are all really within walking distance. Uh, again, if you're going to live in Valencia, depending where you're living, depending where you're working, yes, uh, there's a chance that you probably will use the metro. There are a couple of exceptions for, for tourists, maybe, if you're visiting Valencia, when you would possibly use public transport. Uh, and that is to get to the beach. Uh, 
and the other one is to get to the airport. The beach in Valencia, unlike Barcelona um, and unlike Malaga, uh, the beach in Valencia is not really close to the centre of the city at all. Uh, I've walked it before uh, and from the centre of the city to the beach, uh, it's a good 45 minutes, if not an hour walk. Uh, it's a long walk through actually um, not very nice areas. Well, not not that they're dangerous, but they're just not very interesting. They're fairly dull, uh, big main roads with apartment blocks. So it's, it's a long walk, and especially in the summer, if it's hot, it's not a very nice uh, long walk either. So you would use the tram to get to the beach from the centre of Valencia. Uh, the other time you would use the metro lines is, again, as I said, to take the metro from the airport to and from the centre. And in uh, Valencia, you would use metro lines three or five to get to and from the airport. So a one-way fare in zone one of Valencia is €1.50. Um, but the ticket itself, which is like a cardboard paper ticket, but it is rechargeable, uh, costs uh, an additional uh, €1.00. Uh, so you buy the uh, paper card and it's got a little magnetic strip on it and you recharge it. As I said about taking the tram to the beach, you will have to buy a ticket uh, from a machine at the tram stop and then validate it in a little machine at the tram stop before you get onto the tram. Uh, if you're going to use the metro a lot, as I said, if you're living and working in Valencia, you could consider getting something called a bono metro or a one, two or three day pass. Uh, this is again a personalised card which offers unlimited journeys on public transport uh, for 24 hours. Uh, that costs 15 euros. Uh, if you want unlimited travel for 48 hours in Valencia, 20 euros, 72 hours unlimited transport for 25 euros. And if you're in Valencia for a whole month, uh, you can get a card called a TAT, T-A-T. And that works very much uh, the same way as the month resident travel card in Madrid. Uh, again, there are discounts for students. There is a Carnet Jove. Uh, again, there's um, re uh, reductions in prices, discounts for people over the age of 65. Let's have a quick look at Seville's Metro. Again, if you're there as a tourist, it's highly unlikely you're going to use the metro system in Seville unless you are staying uh, far out of the centre. Or indeed, if you're planning to uh, go and visit uh, somewhere like the Expo Park, which is on the outskirts of the city. Um, Seville's metro system consists of just one line, uh, and it's one line divided into three different zones. So according to travel between the three zones will affect the price you pay. Uh, it's a very walkable city, so I would be surprised if you need to use it. Um, but if you are uh, obviously planning to live and work in Seville, uh, it could be useful. Uh, it's very cheap. Uh, you can get a whole day ticket for for €4.50, so unlimited travel for €4.50. If you just want to get single tickets, uh, if you travel one journey within zone, zone one is uh, €1.35. If you make a uh, change a journey between two zone one and zone two the journey will cost one euro sixty and if you make a journey between uh, zone one and zone two and zone three you're going to pay one euro eighty for a single journey so it's pretty um pretty 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 reasonable actually 
there is an underground uh, travel card available, uh, which uh, again you uh, purchase and top up, and that will reduce the cost of the ticket. No está permitido fumar o usar dispositivos que liberen nicotina en ningún caso. Smoking and the use of devices that release nicotine are not permitted. Just to round off this episode, then let's look at air travel, internal flights flying around Spain. Um, it's really common to do this, actually, and actually does work out quite affordable, certainly compared to train travel or high-speed train travel, at least. There are numerous different airlines uh, that operate uh, within Spain, uh, which offer domestic flights. Uh, obviously, Iberia being uh, the main one, which is obviously Spain's uh, national air airline. Um, uh, Iberia, there is a, a low-cost subsidiary of Iberia called Iberia Express. Um, there is also uh, another airline called Air Nostrum, Air Nostrum, uh, N-O-S. T-R-U-M, which is an independent airline, but it operates as a, as a franchise of Iberia. And it's sometimes referred to as Iberia Regional or Iberia Regional. So it offers uh, really regional flights only. Um, there is a, an airline service called Aeropuente or uh, Puente Areo, uh, which is an air shuttle service uh, run by Iberia. Uh, specifically between uh, Madrid and Barcelona. Uh, there's an airline called Air Europa, Air Europa, which offers uh, domestic flights as well uh, between Madrid and Barcelona. And there is also uh, another airline called Bueling, uh, which is a low-cost airline based out of Barcelona. And, of course, the Irish airline Ryanair, offers a few internal flights in Spain. And finally, I'd never heard of uh, this airline before until I started doing research for this episode, uh, an airline called Volotea, Volotea um, which is based in Asturias. Uh, mostly seems to operate flights to Italy, but they do offer a number of flights uh, inside Spain as well. So let's just do have a quick rundown of the different airlines and, uh, and what they offer. Iberia offers uh, destinations to 42 domestic cities, 42 cities in Spain, and it also includes, unlike other airlines, uh, some much smaller cities like Logroño, A Coruña, Ponferrada, Burgos, uh, Badajoz, uh, very small cities um, which are not really served by any other airlines, certainly not internally or I believe internationally. Iberia being the flag carrier airline for Spain does tend to be uh, more expensive than the other airlines I've just mentioned um, but they do have good deals on as well from time to time. Uh, if you are absolutely uh, intent on flying um, then it's very likely that you will end up flying with Iberia if you're going to fly to some smaller cities or if you're going to fly to even some of the bigger cities it does cover pretty much all of the main cities in Spain uh, I've used Iberia a lot I've had generally a positive experience with the airline and always seem to have been punctual the service has been good Iberia Express is the kind of little sister airline um, and it's a low-cost subsidiary. Um, they offer fewer domestic destinations, 11 routes uh, covering places like, uh, again, the north of Spain, Asturias, flights to the Canary Islands, uh, Ibiza, Mallorca, 
uh, Seville and Vigo and Santiago de Compostela over across in the west of Spain in uh, in Galicia. Uh, I've used it, uh, Iberia Express many times. Uh, they do offer international flights as well, actually, to the UK and other parts of Europe. Uh, in fact, the wedding I went to in Malaga uh, two weekends ago, I we flew with Iberia Express uh, on the way there and we flew back with uh, Air Nostrum and the combined ticket uh, return was 60 euros per person, 60 euros each for a return to Malaga. So it worked out considerably cheaper than a train, which would have been uh, w well over 100 euros each, I think. And uh, 60 euros, you are, you have got this sort of inconvenience of traveling to and from airports but the flight was 45 minutes, you know, uh, that would normally take two and a half to three hours on the train. Uh, driving five hours, maybe more. Uh, so f to get to Malaga from Madrid in 45 minutes was fantastic, really. Uh, so that's Iberia Express, uh, the low-cost subsidiary. Um, yeah, their flights are usually cheaper than Iberia. Uh, as I mentioned, Air Nostrum, uh, kind of lesser known. I didn't really know much about Air Nostrum. It really specializes in small domestic destinations. It serves 33 cities around Spain and uses very small aircraft, small jet planes, and quite often uses small uh, turbo propeller planes. Uh, let's have a quick look at the Aeropuente, the Puente Areo, as it's also called, uh, which means the air bridge. Um, and what it really is, is an air shuttle service between Madrid and Barcelona. Uh, well, I would say you're unlikely to need to use this if you're here as a tourist, possibly if you're uh, doing business and you need to get between Madrid and Barcelona uh, quickly and conveniently. At peak times, there are flights every 20 minutes. Uh, between uh, Madrid and Barcelona on this uh, air shuttle service. The flight is about one hour in duration and uh, as I said it really is uh, governed towards uh, business uh, passengers. Uh, there are flights every 20 minutes at peak times and it's basically it's designed to work like catching a bus. You buy your ticket uh, in advance either online. Uh, when you buy the ticket it does not specify a specific flight or a specific time or departure. You buy your ticket uh, online or at the airport and you go directly to the depart the special uh, dedicated departure area for the air shuttle. And when you go to the departure area, you will see a screen and it will uh, show you the next uh, departing flight and it will have a, <laughs> bizarrely, a seating plan and it will show you how many seats are left on that flight. Uh, so if there are seats available, you can jump on that flight. And in theory, uh, you should be from the uh, check-in area to uh, to being on the plane within 15 minutes. So it's literally like catching a train almost. You turn up, you see if there's a seat available on the plane. If there is, you show your ticket and you get on. If the, if the plane is full or you miss the, the flight, you just catch the next one as if you would with a bus or a train. I said, well, not even with a train because obviously... Uh, depending on how flexible the ticket is you buy for um, an Ave train, if you miss it, depending on your ticket, then you have to buy a whole new ticket again. I didn't realise that the Madrid-Barcelona, Barcelona-Madrid route is the busiest airline route in the whole of Europe. Uh, probably for this reason, I think, because they're really... 
Madrid and Barcelona in terms of business, tourism, uh, the size of the city, the kind of importance of the cities internationally and nationally are very much balanced. So I think there is a quite a high demand for people to uh, be traveling between the two cities, particularly for uh, uh, business reasons. But it is really expensive and you can see why really only business travelers would use it. Um, to get one of these open tickets where you just turn up, walk on the plane, uh, a return ticket costs 370 euros so yeah if your uh, company is paying for you great um, I would obviously not recommend spending 370 euros on a one-hour flight from Madrid to Barcelona because there are normal flights offered by Iberia and Iberia Express and other airlines which I'll talk about in a sec uh, between uh, Madrid and Barcelona uh, another main uh, Spanish airline which offers, uh, well, it does offer lots of international flights, but it also offers 21 domestic flights uh, around Spain uh, is called uh, Air Europa. Offers flights, well, all over Spain, really, from the, Canari from the Canary Islands uh, to uh, the Balearics, Mallorca, Ibiza, Menorca. Uh, also offers flights to Melilla, which is the Spanish enclave in North Africa. And then flights to the north of Spain, Asturias, Bilbao, A Coruña. Some flights in the south, Alicante, and Granada and Malaga. And also, um, of course, Barcelona. So you could fly Madrid-Barcelona on Air Europa. I have done that flight before with Air Europa actually, uh, between Madrid and Barcelona and back. And one curious thing about it is they uh, depends on the time you book. I believe it's the sort of mid-afternoon flights. Uh, they use a huge uh, transatlantic long-haul plane to make a 45-minute flight from Madrid to Barcelona. Uh, I think it's an Airbus A330 uh, and it's a very big plane. Um, I don't really know what the reason is for that. I think it's connecting flights from South America via Madrid and on to Barcelona, or maybe they have to reposition their planes. But if you can, I'd recommend uh, catching that flight. It uh, The flights with um, Air Europa are reasonable. I'd say they're on a par with Iberia. Probably not as cheap as Iberia Express. Um, but they're not bad. Again, it's just luck of the draw. You may be able to pick up a bargain. I think I've flown with Air Europa Return Madrid-Barcelona for around 60, between 60 and 80 euros. Um, but if you can, uh, yeah, try and get the flight which operates on an, uh, a, a big uh, long-haul plane because you just get a lot more space. It's much more comfortable than being crammed on a smaller plane. The next Spanish airline for internal flights Vueling, Vueling, V-U-E-L-I-N-G. Uh, it's a low-cost airline uh, based out of Barcelona. And it's actually the largest airline by fleet size and by the number of the total destinations out of all of the Spanish airlines. It does fly internationally as well. Uh, in Spain, it serves 28 cities, uh, again, including the Canary Islands and the Balearics. If you're in Madrid, the options are fairly limited. As it has its hub in Barcelona, most of the destinations across Spain are between Barcelona and uh, Spanish cities. Uh, there is a flight, there's, there is a um, Barcelona-Madrid flight operated by Verling, uh, which again would come in cheaper, uh, the cheaper end of the spectrum. 
if you're flying, for example, from Madrid to another destination in Spain using Vueling, you're probably going to have to make a stop over a connection in Barcelona, which kind of negates the whole point in it, really. So it's probably most useful for people living and working or, or traveling out of Barcelona to other parts of Spain. Uh, Ryanair. Well, I think Ryanair is very well known across Europe for uh, being one of the most um, low-cost, super-cheap airlines. It's an Irish uh, airline. Um, and uh, it does also operate a very few internal flights in Spain. Uh, so from Madrid, you can use Ryanair to fly to uh, the Balearic Islands, Mallorca, Menorca and Ibiza. It also flies from Madrid up to the northwest of to Santiago de Compostela. And then from Barcelona, it uh, flies again to the Balearic Islands. And there's a few more options from Barcelona as well with Ryanair. Uh, you can fly to Seville, Malaga, Jerez, and up to the north, Santander, uh, Santiago, and Vigo. Uh, Bolotea, this airline which I'd never really heard of before, offers very few routes uh, really within Spain, but most of them uh, operate from the north of Spain. So flights from Asturias, um, Oviedo, Bilbao, and Santander. Uh, from those three uh, cities um, to about eight destinations across southern Spain. And that's Volotea, V-O-L-O-T-E-A, which is a a budget airline as well. Uh, Just a note to say that if you are booking any flights with either Iberia, uh, Iberia Express or Verling, or Air Nostrum, they are all affiliated to each other in various ways. So, for example, if you just went to the Iberia webpage and searched for a flight, it would include in the search uh, Verling, uh, Iberia Express, Iberia uh, and Air Nostrum. Wouldn't worry about specifically visiting the individual websites. If I was booking a flight wanting to use one of those airlines, Simply go to the Iberia website and search. And when the when you conduct the search, the list of flights that it brings up will include flights using Berlin, Air Nostrum, Iberia Express, and you can compare uh, the prices and the times. Uh, as many of you probably already know, because uh, if you're traveling internationally flying, uh, I always use Skyscanner which is a search engine for finding the best flight deals, uh, even if it's internal flights in Spain. Skyscanner is useful. Uh, all of the Iberia, Iberia Plus and Verling flights uh, show up on Skyscanner uh, for finding good deals for flying around Spain. Uh, and there's also a Spanish equivalent, actually, of Skyscanner. Um, it's almost identical, and it's called Rumbo, R-U-M-B-O. Uh, All of the airlines I've mentioned have fairly user-friendly mobile phone apps for searching and booking and then uh, downloading the e-tickets as well. I always do this. I think it's much, much easier than uh, printing tickets. I mean, who who has a printer at home these days? Uh, (laughs) Unless you work in an office where you can use a printer. Uh, But there, yeah, Iberia, Verling, uh, Ryanair, Bolotea, I can't speak for because I've never, never flown with them. Uh, they all have good online uh, mobile phone app 
apps for making bookings. Air Europa does. Um, Air Europa's app actually, though, is a little bit clunky. It's not the best um, compared to the others. So there you go. Uh, that's a roundup of uh, public transport in Spain. I am well aware that I have missed out lots of others as well. I mean, we've got taxis. We haven't talked about taxis. And um, I haven't yet talked about the alternatives, the alternative travel um, inside cities and also between cities as well. In some cases, I'm thinking things like bike scheme, scooters, uh, blah, blah, car. There's a, a short term uh, rental uh, system called Zitty where you can rent a car by, well, by the minute, I think, well, by the hour. All of these kinds of things for getting around. Um, I'm going to look at those in a future episode because there is just so much information to include on this. Um, I think it's too long to include all in one podcast. And I think it gets a bit boring for everyone listening uh, (laughs) with so much information. It's a bit of an overload. In a future episode, I will look at that. Uh, We will revisit public transport in a future episode uh, in a part three. But I don't think I'll do that for a while. Let's have a little break from uh, transport thanks again for listening as always you can uh, find when in spain on facebook facebook page Uh, there is also a facebook group uh, with new members joining every week Uh, come and join the facebook when in spain facebook group Um, and that's a place where you can share ideas comments experiences photos links articles and conversations anything you like to do with spain and indeed the podcast don't forget that when in spain is on instagram if you want to see uh, photos that uh, relate to various episodes and we're on twitter as well so thanks for listening if you want to get in touch directly with me the when in spain uh, email address is when in spain one when in spain one at outlook.com feel free to ping me an email if you have any questions or any suggestions for uh, anything you'd like me to cover in future episodes next week uh, on wednesday i'm hoping to get back into the routine of wednesday podcasts uh, again Uh, i know that recently they've been a bit up and down Uh, sometimes i've been publishing on a thursday sometimes on a friday Uh, that's just purely because um, work now the once the summer had finished back to work back to reality i'm juggling putting this podcast together with my work commitments and many other things as well so please bear with me i am thinking of maybe uh changing the podcast publishing day in the future i'm not sure yet uh let me know what you guys think uh i'd always uh um planned to publish on a wednesday but i'm now thinking that i may publish on a monday make it a monday podcast uh but that's not uh 100 sure yet so let me know what you guys think next week i'm going to be looking at the curiosity of balconies and shutters and whether spanish people do like to live in the dark are they vampires I don't know. In one of the sunniest countries in Europe, it always seems to me that they're shut away indoors. Um, I'm going to talk about this uh, because it's quite a funny observation that I've noticed uh, since living in Spain. So that's coming up next week. I will inform you of uh, what's coming up in the longer term future podcast episodes as we go. Uh, So don't worry, uh, even though I disappeared for a couple of weeks, uh, When in Spain is still going and it will continue to keep going as well. Uh, as long as possible as I say I really do enjoy bringing you the podcast 
I really enjoy getting your feedback and ideas as well. So please, uh, let's make this a two-way thing. Uh, I feel that I'm just uh, uh, publishing podcasts that I think are either useful or interesting. But uh, please tell me if there's something you specifically want me to cover or to look at. Uh, as I say, as the podcast series continues, I really want to look at uh, some more serious issues, um, uh, which I'm hoping I can enlist the help of some friends and fellow podcasters and fellow bloggers uh, to do this as well. And as I said, um, in the longer term, I'd like to start uh, producing some videos as well, uh, a When in Spain video series to accompany the podcast, time permitting, of course. Thanks, as always, for your support and continuing to listen. I hope you continue to do so. Uh, Until next Wednesday, hopefully. Adios. Adios.